Welcome to Home Office. I'm Mark Legere. And I'm Inda NTR. Hi, Inda. How are you doing? Hey, Mark. I'm doing well. How are you? You just got back from vacation, right? I did last week, and uh, and then I immediately went on another uh, short two-day vacation. But I realized, Enda, you know, because you, you were off a few weeks in July, you and I actually haven't really spoken to each other for six weeks. <laughs> that's true. It's, I think that's the longest we haven't spoken. <laughs> it was probably a good break from me, Enda, for you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's really it's really good to chat with you, and I'm I'm actually sitting here in uh, Huddle's Huddle's home office in the Red Rose Tea Building in St. John, and uh, it's nice to be back in the office here. I, I was able to go out and get my favorite uh, takeout curry at at lunch, Enda, and um, so I'm actually working a combination right now of still from my cottage uh, remotely, but also back in the office. So I've kind of got one foot back in the office world and, and one foot uh, as a remote worker. And uh, I mentioned that because that's what we're talking about today. And uh, I know you, for the most part, for the last few years since you worked for Huddle, have been a remote worker. Yeah, I think from the beginning till now, um, even my hiring was remote. So that's uh, that was new and interesting. And I don't think that I can go into an office setting back, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, because I know, Linda, you have the opportunity to, you know, work out of the out of the bend now, um, the radio station, our yeah. partner in Moncton, but uh, but you still prefer to work from home. Why is that? Um, I think it's just the flexibility of it, of uh, either working from home or cafes or uh, the library when it was open uh, before uh, COVID kind of uh, added restrictions. Um, so it was just the flexibility of, you know, the choosing the space where you feel like there's a vibe that can help you create or work in a, in a, in a, in a productive way. And I know to a certain degree, you also uh, work out of other spaces. Like you, you like going, working out of cafes and restaurants occasionally too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, sometimes even in co-working spaces. Uh, so it, I just love that I can choose where I can, I, I want to work from. Um, and sometimes I work out of St. John too, and I have to see you guys. And we like to see you as well. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I'm curious, uh, before we, you know, dive in, dive into the subject fully here today, are with COVID restrictions loosening, are you going back into working out of cafes? Uh, I did start actually because some of them now have um, outdoor spaces so you can work outdoors, you know, have a coffee or a tea or a cold uh, beverage while working. Um, just, you know, hearing the hustle and bustle of downtown or even like today, I was working a little bit out of a uh, cafe in Sackville. So on Main Street there, and it was just like a serene space to do some work. So that was real nice. And how about your socialization through all to all of this? Like, how, how have you done as, as a remote worker who's, you know, largely been shut off for a while from places like cafes and co-working spaces? How, how, how have you held up? That was tough uh, because I think it has worked for so long because of the flexibility of choosing that space. So when you're confined to just your home and then I had to share my home with my sister who also had to work from home during uh, the peak of the pandemic of the lockdowns, um, that was quite tough uh, because it's just, you, sometimes you need a change of air, change of space, change of vibe, right? So uh, that was a little bit 
difficult, but I'm so glad that things are reopened now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We are, we're really lucky here, you know, both in Nova Scotia and in, in New Brunswick that we are able to start opening things up and, and, and people are able to get out and circulate. And, and that's especially critical for, for mm-hmm. people who have been working from home and, you know, certainly something that, uh, that, uh, you know, we're going to want to talk about more in depth on this, on this podcast. Um, it's interesting into, because there's a real connection between, um, the last, uh, the last podcast that we, we put together, which was based on an interview that I did with, uh, Frank McKenna, uh, the deputy yeah. chair of, uh, of the TD bank. And also obviously the former, uh, premier of New Brunswick. And I would encourage people who haven't had a chance to go back and listen to that, uh, Inda, because, uh, you know, for a lot of reasons, but for one, um, you know, Frank, as I, I learned in that uh, conversation I had with him, um, I assumed that I was going to be connecting with him from Toronto mm-hmm. and, uh, he is in, uh, his, uh, you know, home in, in Capelle, uh, in, and, uh, working, uh, from a small town for the TD bank, uh, from, from there. And um, it was really instructive talking to him. You know, I, I call him our, you know, our, our most high profile remote worker right now. Yeah. Uh, I hope we're able to, to keep him here um, after this is all over, because uh, I know he spends a lot of time, you know, between New Brunswick and, and, and other places uh, with obviously with the TD Bank, uh, you know, headquartered out of, out of, uh, out of Toronto. Um, you know, but it was interesting to hear him share his, his insights on this um, both from a personal perspective, because uh, there was, you know, he had his work-life balance. Yeah, um, it was certainly nice to be able to go out for bikes, as he said in in Capelet. And but the interesting thing I heard him say, and I know this is going to come up in our conversation today, uh, is that uh, oddly, for somebody who's already works incredibly hard, he said that uh, working from Capelet uh, allowed him to uh, work seven days. I'm not sure that that's always a good thing, but he certainly. Yeah positioned it as a, as a positive. He was like, he said, I'm able to get more work done yeah. uh, from Capelet than he could from, from other places. Uh, he also mentioned, um, in, in that podcast, uh, uh, that we did just a, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, you know, that a lot of, he obviously, um, uh, not directly, but, but the bank has, has, uh, centers here in New Brunswick and, and a lot mm-hmm. of their workers are, are working remotely, obviously through this in, in St. John and in Moncton through TD centers, uh, in both of those cities. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, all that to say, and, uh, uh, it's a nice, you know, basically we're connecting two podcasts, um, you know, into, into one here by, by, you know, talking about this very important, uh, issue for the Maritimes right now. Yeah. Um, so all that to say, um, uh, what motivated you? Because I know the conversation that we're going to have here today is based on uh, an article that is published on the uh, the Huddle website. We just actually just put it up today. And when I read the draft, I thought, "Wow, this is going to this is this makes uh, a great podcast." So mm-hmm. it motivated me to bring you on here to chat, and I'm really appreciate that you were able to do that. So why don't we start by you telling uh, tell us uh, what made you. What inspired you to write this piece in the first place? Well, Mark, I've been covering a labor shortage in uh, New Brunswick and Atlantic Canada for as long as I've worked at Huddle now. Um, And it has always been an issue for us. And, uh, you know, youth retention is another issue. Population growth is another issue. And then I start hearing my friends say um, they got jobs uh, in in other parts of Canada uh, during COVID and 
they didn't have to move. So they're staying here, they're buying a home here, they're staying with their partners here, but then work for jobs that are, uh, you know, in, in other parts of, of the country. And I thought, how interesting, I wonder what the impact would be on these issues that we, we've been facing on youth retention, population growth, and um, also uh, uh, the labor shortage that we have, right? And uh, Cherise actually ha had a contact who is a remote worker and has been working remotely for the past three years, I believe, and that's Hillary Smith in Quiz Pamsis, who, uh, you know, shares her story, her experience, how she used to work for um, a corporate job in Montreal, and actually that made her leave New Brunswick, and she's a, she's a New Brunswicker born and raised. Um, but having the remote jobs actually allowed her to travel the world with her husband and later even return and live and buy a home in uh, New Brunswick and be closer to her family. Right. Well, actually, that's a really good place to, to start. And why don't we um, why don't we hear from, you know, Hillary about uh, what motivated her to become, you know, what she calls uh, calls herself uh, a digital nomad. Yeah. Yeah. Hillary's uh, Hillary's story is really interesting. So I initially decided to to work remotely because I wanted to be a digital nomad. Mm -hmm. So I love to travel. I've traveled fairly extensively, mm -hmm. but um, my husband and I wanted to do it full time. Mm -hmm. um, shortly after I got my first remote job, we left Canada and traveled the world for six months. Um, and it was it was an amazing experience, and I certainly um, wouldn't trade it. But one of the things I really did learn while traveling the world is is how nice it is to have a home base mm -hmm. in a place like Atlantic Canada, where the cost of living is is low enough that mm -hmm. if you have a good job, you can still combine travel and home ownership, mm -hmm. you know, in the same place. I think it was instrumental in our decision to return because mm -hmm. the kind of work that we do, uh, unfortunately, there are not a lot of companies like this based in New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I've found as a marketer, it, it combines a lot of business skill, but it also is typically seen in a lot of companies as a creative soft skill role, despite mm -hmm. the real impact marketing has in business. Mm -hmm. And those roles don't pay very well in mm -hmm. New Brunswick. And I want to live in a place like New Brunswick where I'm close to my family and I can own a home and I can be really close to nature and see the ocean and see the river. But I really didn't want to have to take a low salary, <laughs> essentially. Um, so having having um, a remote job allows me to work for these global companies mm -hmm. that have growing customer bases and and really value that mm -hmm. kind of that kind of work. If I didn't have a remote job, I probably wouldn't live here. So, and, uh, you know, lis listening to Hillary, it, it uh, also, <laughs> it made me think that you, you yourself probably connect a little bit with, uh, with, with Hillary uh, because of your experience growing up um, as a bit of a nomad yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> I, I totally understand the, the, the want. I think there's a lot of uh, people my age too who really like that uh, flexibility of being able to work from anywhere in the world, especially as we, you know, explore other parts of the world um, that may, jobs may or may not allow us to live uh, in certain parts of the world that we're curious about. Um, and I certainly have that curiosity. Sometimes it's not even just other parts of the world. Sometimes it's other parts of Canada. And for example, I am 
I've been able through like my work at Huddle, for example, um, to attend events in Ottawa and then work remotely from Ottawa. Uh, Mark, that happened like earlier this year, I believe. So I was at a cafe in Ottawa uh, working and being in touch with everyone at, at the team in Huddle. And then I think filing some things from the airport later, still being able to do that, um, but also being able to attend other things that are in other parts of the world is really, I think flexibility was something that Hillary and I talked about as uh, key to a lot of people are around our age. Yeah, and I find, um, you know, what, what Hillary was saying about, you know, returning, being able to return here uh, and also work for a company remotely um, was was really interesting, right? Because right now, a lot of the conversation that we've had has been around, you know, having the flexibility, especially because of COVID-19. A lot of us were based here in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, yeah. but we're forced home under circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hillary is an example of somebody who, you know, wor- has worked remotely for several years and traveled a lot, mm-hmm. but, you know, chose to come back uh, to to New Brunswick uh, because she wanted the lifestyle of living here, but but liked the company that she was working for. Right. And, you know, and like the salary that she had attained. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very interesting because I think there's a lot of people who maybe could not find the jobs that they want here, but maybe it's somewhere else um, in, in other parts of Canada or the world. And for Hillary to be able to do that while also maintaining the lifestyle that she wants, uh, being close to nature, the things that we really value about Atlantic Canada, um, being able to do that, but also pursue your passion is, is, is a great balance. I, I, I think. Right. And it, it, it actually reminds me of, um, I mean, stories we've done, but also conversations I've had with, uh, with Glenn Hicks from U, U station, uh, and I know Hillary uh, has a base there. It's a, a you know, it's a kind of co-working space, a tech-enabled um, mm-hmm. co-working space built out of St. John here. That's all about serving remote workers. And I know Hillary uh, herself is working out of there a lot as a base. And I know that um, you know, with the folks at, at U Station and with Glenn in particular, has really pushed the, the notion that of, of actually trying to grow our population by showing people that don't live here they can do their jobs from here. Mm-hmm. So they can have, you know, the best of both worlds, right? You can have that, that dream job, uh, but you can also be based out of somewhere, you know, small, friendly, uh, access to natural spaces. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily have to be based in downtown Toronto, for example, mm-hmm. um, if, if your job permits you to uproot and come to New Brunswick. Yeah. And Mark, I'm curious, actually, because you you hired me remotely, you uh, you've been managing, you know, the huddle team as um, I think most of us are remote. Um, how's that been for you? And you're also a parent. So you also have to work from home, right? What share with us a little bit of those experiences? Well, I mean, you know, for for me and Dan, I'm sure it'd be the same with uh, a lot of a lot of employers. Um there's been real, like real learnings through COVID-19. I mean, for, for a business like Huddle that really, you know, we have a home base, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, we rely on, on correspondence in Halifax, um, you in Moncton, uh, correspondence in Fredericton, like the whole nature of our business is, is, is working remote. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, one of the critical things and, and I, I is, 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 is is trust is such a big issue Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is like 
I really think that um, a lot of employers, and I think COVID has been a learning experience for them. It's something I already had. Mm-hmm. Have to, you know, trust in the fact that that um, you know people are working hard and working smart, mm-hmm. and they don't actually need to be in front of you to do that. Like you don't have to see that, right? I mean, we see that in people's productivity levels. We mm-hmm. see that in the way that we interact with each other. Because I know, even though we're working remotely, you and I talk a lot on on team Microsoft Teams, right. which is one of the platforms you can use to connect. It's kind of like a Zoom for people that don't don't know about it or a Skype. Um, you know, we're in regular touch by email, by phone. And so I've just grown really accustomed to working, you know, with people in different locations than mm-hmm. me. And uh, I think it offers great flexibility to people. I think mm-hmm. it can make people happier to be more flexible, mm-hmm. right? To, to be able to choose where to work from, to be able to change their work environment, to be able to work different hours if that suits them. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, we really are moving away from that because, you know, we really have lived in, in a con- the kind of culture for decades where, you know, people clock into an office at a certain time and then they yeah. clock out and the people they work for always know where they are and can all, they're always within, you know, within the eyesight and, and that's given employers a lot of comfort. Yeah. But in some ways, honestly, and I think it's a bit of a false comfort because I think it, it, it's, it's all in building trusting relationships so that it doesn't really matter where, where people are working if they get their, their jobs done. So my biggest concern Inda, though, is that, uh, is that there's too much of an emphasis now on the potential to work from home. Mm. And, and I don't mean to say that as a dismissive thing of it, because I actually really support it. Um, but I do hear, you know, the stories about Google and, and you know, and Facebook moving their workforces home. I know we had the issue here that, that, that uh, came up a couple months ago about Brunswick News closing, you know, offices of weekly newspapers and moving people home. Right. Um, that, that was a big discussion point at that, at that time. My biggest concern is that I think you can't replace the person to person socialization. Mm-hmm. It's so important for people's mental health. It's so important for creativity and collaboration mm-hmm. to be able to actually see each other. Uh, and, and, you know, it's something that you and I and, and Trevor and Derek and, and Hannah are intern in Moncton, like and anybody who's working closely to huddle, it's always a top of mind concern for us of, yeah. you know, how plugged in you guys are, how much we actually talk to each other. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, if we're not seeing each other, how do we make up for that? Yeah. And so I don't like, I'm a little bit apprehensive about, well, let's just move everybody home. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, more for me. It's about flexibility giving people the option to work from home if they want to, yeah. uh, giving them the option to work from co-working spaces. Cause I know in Halifax, for example, we, we, we have uh, our, Derek and Trevor are based at a Volta right now, which is mm-hmm. a innovation hub and a, and a co-working space. So I, but at, but at the same time, I know you're looking for my take on it as, uh, as a, um, you know, as, as a quote, boss, which yeah. I, I still find funny because I don't feel like that. Um, but I'd also be curious too about your your perspective of, you know, you've had to go through COVID. Um, do you feel like you feel totally comfortable working from home all the time? Uh, not all the time, but you brought up the issue of like mental health and uh, productivity and just the balance between those two. I think Hillary also talks about 
uh, ensuring that we have work-life balance because I think, for example, during the peak of COVID, all of us at Huddle were talking um, quite openly about, hey, guys, I'm not feeling like super productive today, I'm not having the best uh, day mentally and all that. And um, I think it's really quite important that we're aware of the, the, the impact on our mental health and how sometimes, you know, when you work from home, uh, like... I think Hillary will talk and and soon when her voice comes back in uh, is it's so easy to blur the lines of work and everything else. So work can easily take over your life. And it's just, I think after a couple of years, I'm learning how to not do that. <laughs> right. Well, and actually you mentioned Hillary. So that's actually uh, a perfect uh, a segue into bringing her back into this conversation. Let's So let's see what she has to say about that really important to to keep some degree of work-life balance mm -hmm. like I am someone who does work in high pressure roles where there's you know there's a lot of of goals to hit and there's mm -hmm. really important work that needs to be done all the time mm -hmm. and it would be so easy to sit in front of my computer from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. it's very easy when you're working from home to do that mm -hmm. but you need to give yourself work-life balance and you need to you know enforce it pretty strictly. Uh, so I try not to start my day before 8 a.m. unless mm -hmm. something is, is urgently needed. Mm -hmm. And then apart from usually a few times checking in in the evening, I try to stop for the most part at 5 or 5.30 mm -hmm. and go for a walk. I always try to do something to separate my, my day from my evening and mm -hmm. going for a walk seems to be the thing that helps me. Uh, and then just really being a strident project manager for your own life is, mm -hmm. is really important. So being able to decide what you need to get done, mm -hmm. when you need to get it done, mm -hmm. just making sure you block off good time to do deep work mm -hmm. and then save the rest of the time for that kind of back and forth communication and meetings. So Hillary's perspective is a pretty familiar one. Um, and uh, did, were there echoes in there of, of the challenges you faced too? Definitely. And I, I actually think when she said that to me, I was like, oh, man, th those are great tips for anybody who's working from home or, uh, you know, working uh, in, in spaces where time and, and the boundaries of work and everything else are more flexible or more fluid. So, yeah, it's it's those are great tips. So, and moving from uh, Hillary's story in particular to the kind of the, the bigger picture, um, you had a, a conversation with uh, Fred Bergman, uh, the senior policy analyst with the Atlantic Provinces Economic Council. Mm -hmm. I did. And uh, I kind of wanted to know what his take was. He actually works remotely uh, some of the time as well. And I wanted to see what he thought about whether this could be an opportunity for our labor shortage issues, um, for other issues that we face here in Atlantic Canada. And he tends to think that uh, it's actually, it could be an opportunity. It could solve some of, um, some of our issues, even though remote work is not possible for all uh, industries, of course, uh, you know, people in retail, people in uh, oil and gas and, in, in those kind of industries, they can't always work remotely. Um, but Statistics Canada in May actually reported that there was such a high, uh, uh, basically a very fast move to teleworking. Um, now, I think at the, at the end of March, almost 40% of Canadians were working uh, at home. And the data shows that 
you know, about 40% of jobs in Canada can be done uh, remotely. So it just shows that we have the capacity to do that. Um, although there are barriers such as technology, infrastructure, um, you know, and then of course the the human side of it, like trust that you mentioned, Mark, um, that employers might have to tackle. Um, so Fred actually speaks about how this could be an opportunity for Atlantic Canada, regardless of whether we are in a pandemic pandemic or not. Well, let, let's hear from let's hear from Fred. The fact that they're here means they're going to probably um, spend most of their income here. The mm-hmm. fact that they're here means they're going to be technically reporting that they earned the income here and therefore pay income tax here. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're spending here means they're you know they're paying sales tax, they're paying property tax here, and so on. The bulk of their income is going to be reported earned here, mm-hmm. uh, and spending is going to be take place here, and it opens up opportunities. So. Like if you have unique skills and there's limited job opportunities for you in with that skill set mm-hmm. in Atlantic Canada, you know the only other option is to move. So what better outcome for Atlantic Canada than to keep them here mm-hmm. and then be able to find a job in their skill set, right? Mm-hmm. So you know it's a bit of a win-win in that respect. It's good for the individual as well. Now, Inda, one of the things that really really struck me. Um, from the the StatsCan numbers you quoted was was the high number of people who already either are working remotely in part because of the pandemic, but mm-hmm. also have the ability to work remotely. Yeah, actually, that that same report said that uh, it's it's expected to th- this high number of and a rapid move to uh, remote work is expected to be a catalyst for new ways of doing business uh, in the future. Um, and that's that's Statistics Canada's report. Um, so it's very interesting to see how um, how big this will impact our our ways of working and our ways of doing business. And um, I think maybe we could hear again for uh, from Fred soon that um, you know it also gives some options for savings for business. Uh, you know other other ways of not spending too much money on property maybe for for businesses. Yeah. Well, um, you know, before we tie up this conversation, actually, let's go to Fred on that. Now, you got to remember from a business perspective, when people are working at home, there could be longer run options for savings for businesses. So mm-hmm. if you're not renting or buying office space, for example, you don't have to pay that rent or monthly mortgage on that building. Right. So no lease costs, no no mortgage costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you have to pay property tax now. Uh, because you don't own that building anymore. You don't need it. Everybody's working from home. You don't need uh, to pay for utilities, so things like uh, electricity and uh, heat, however you're heating your building and so on. Mm-hmm. There's options for savings there, assuming, you know, uh, you can adjust. So some will some will move back into their offices, obviously. Some, some don't have that option. So if it's a manufacturing plant, you can't really work remotely for the most part, uh, unless you have a high degree of automation. Yeah, so there, Inda, there's a couple of things that, you know, based on what, what Fred's saying that, um, yeah, I'd just like to chat with you a little bit about, uh, you know, one, you know, one of them is because we, you know, we've had this, we've had this conversation before the pandemic, right? We've had mm-hmm. the conversation about, you know, New Brunswick's quality of life and New Brunswick's, uh, you know, low cost of living um, and, and the amenities that we have here. Mm-hmm. And, and there's been a lot of, you know, campaigns uh, to try and bring people from big cities to, you know, live in this region mm-hmm. and, and work from this region. And, and a lot of them are, you know, really well-meaning and, and, 
you know, quite frankly, they're right about a lot of that. Uh, but mm -hmm. we've, you know, we've still, but we've had a, a hard time, um, you know, really making uh, serious, uh, you know, gains in there. Um, so, you know, I see the numbers, the, you know, the StatsCan numbers and, and Fred's insights about the benefits to business and, mm -hmm. you know, the benefits to the individual. Um, it, it, but it, you know, makes me wonder, you know, is, is there a real opportunity here? And, uh, you know, I'm curious for your perspective, cause I know, you know, you're somebody who's lived all over the world and now you, you know, you work, um, uh, you know, in, in Moncton, uh, and you know, you work remotely. Um, do you yourself see the real, you know, the real life applications of this? Like, do you see it as a possibility that we could actually create opportunities for people to work from here and actually use it as a, a population growth thing? I think so. I mean, um, if, if I can choose, uh, to not have to move for a job, like the only reason, the reasons I would move uh, to another place would be to experience that other place, right? So if I'm comfortable here, and I can find a job um, that allows me to, to live this kind of life, but also travel and also own a home and, you know, grow personally and professionally, um, why not stay? Uh, I think a lot of the things, from my coverage of, um, you know, youth retention and population growth, a lot of the reasons why people leave, even immigrants, uh, newcomers, when they come and then at, they leave after a year or two is because they couldn't find those opportunities that um, that end up leaving them underemployed or unemployed um, and not being able to give that life for their family that they had uh, envisioned by moving to Canada or by moving to New Brunswick or other parts of Atlantic Canada. So if the option is there for them to stay, but also get a great job without having to move to, uh, you know, the Toronto's of the world, maybe that's something that could really open up our region to either new people or people who want to stay. And I think uh, both uh, Frank McKenna and um, Fred Bergman mentioned that it's, it's not just about flexibility for, for example, young people like Hillary and her husband, but it's also flexibility for maybe older people or middle-aged people who want to uh, want to work, want to be in the uh, job market, but they don't want to move to another place uh, to do that. Right. No, and you make you make a great point, and I think um, you because we're you know we're facing many different challenges, right? That you just mentioned all of them, right? There, it's the young people that you know, choose to leave the region who were born and raised here for work elsewhere, for opportunities elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the challenges of, and that we haven't touched a lot about yet in this chat, but the, the challenges of, um, you know, both young workers, but older workers of living in, in rural areas distant from mm -hmm. job opportunities and, and their ability to, you know, work remotely. That Frank McKenna, again, being our most high profile example on, you know, small town mm -hmm. Capilet. Uh, right. And then, of course, you, we have, immigrants, right? Who, because of the way the system works, moved here and, and settled here and then struggle to find opportunities, right? And, and maybe those opportunities are actually with companies that aren't New Brunswick companies, but that they can right. still live and work from here, right? And, and I mean, no, you, we, we had this conversation a few podcasts ago about the challenges that, that international students are facing. And, uh, and this is certainly one of them, right? Like, you know, you get, you get, you know, you get work permits connected to the work, the education you do here. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of pressure and it's not always easy to find those opportunities here. Right. 
yeah so yeah so it's if you can find the, those opportunities and still stay here and make an impact here if you want to um and that option is there i think uh, a lot of people could choose uh to stay or to come here to move here if 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 the option is there right and it's funny that the thing that keeps um keeps jumping into my mind as, as we chat and yeah, but it's like something that jumps to mind all the time when I'm having conversations like this because this is this is really what we're really preoccupied by right now um, is we're all we're all looking for that perfect world right yeah <laughs> I, I, I I'm you know we 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 want flexibility we want um, you know you know pay that that's that's that matches our, our skills and contributions Um we want to solve our labor shortage problems. We want mm-hmm. to be able to integrate, you know, immigrants into the province and provide them opportunities. And um, I mean, it, this is part of that that ongoing search for uh, that kind of healthy growth in the province. Mm-hmm. You know, both for all of us, but also for um, you know for people who who just want to stay here and be happy here and get paid adequately and, and, you know, and have the jobs they love. Right. Yeah. And remote work might not be the whole solution. Right. I think Fred was uh, careful to, to mention that, you know, the whole impact of this on productivity and mental health and um, a lot of other things that are measured in terms of work um, are, is not clear yet. We don't know what, how it will impact our economy yet. Um, So we, we shall see. And I think we'll be looking out for those more of those Statistics Canada reports um, coming, you know, as as our as as we get out of this pandemic and see how it, whether people are actually staying in um, teleworking or if they all wanted to return to work. Right. In the office. And, and uh, you know, before we wrap up um, our chat, uh, I also wanted to to reflect a bit on Fred's you know, comments on the impact on, on the bigger impact on, on businesses in, in the way that they're able to achieve cost savings. Cause it's what it makes me think of and uh, is, is, you know, how much it will impact on, you know, businesses and, and potential cost savings. And, you know, this applies to the Googles of the world and mm-hmm. to the Facebooks of the world, but it also applies to companies uh, as Fred rightly points out, you know, here in, in uh, New Brunswick and, and Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea that if you have more people working from home, you can save on, you know, commercial office space. And it's interesting because um, they're the most recent data and we'll see how, how it plays out. Mm-hmm. And we reported on this, um, I think it was uh, a week or two ago, that actually commercial vacancy rates in some maritime cities actually went down. <laughs> Which was wow. really surprising, you know. Yeah. They're actually renting more office space. Um, this wasn't true everywhere, uh, but but it makes you. But it goes back to the point that I was making before, where yes, I, well, I think you have businesses like you know, like Huddle already, yeah. where we have an anchor office space, and then we have a certain amount of remote workers, mm-hmm. and then we have like people in Halifax working out of co-working spaces. Like we we are realizing savings by not having you know our business ourselves by having you know a full office in Moncton, a full mm-hmm. office in Fredericton, a full office in Halifax, and so there are definitely cost savings there to be realized. And I think that is part of the future, and it's really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I'll be interested to see how that how that landscape changes, uh, mm-hmm. over the next few years. Cause you know, as I said before, um, in, you know, in, in my perfect world, 
it, it's a it's a blend of office spaces that allow uh, people to interact, and that can be you know a home office like mm-hmm. we have here at Huddle. It could be a home office at home, <laughs> yeah, or it could be your home office could be a youth station in in St. John or Connection Works, which are other co working spaces, mm-hmm. um, or you know a Planet Hatch in Fredericton, or a, you know a, a Van in Moncton, or a Volta in Halifax, like. It, the home offices could look different. Offices could look different. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll personally say that that I do hope the future has has a blend of things, and I'm hoping that we just don't have, you know, a bunch of people uh, sitting in their homes and basements or, or small <laughs> cramped offices uh, <laughs> with their plants to keep them company, and maybe their yeah. cats. Uh, in my case, uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of my hope uh, around all of that. Yeah, and maybe the future is a blended future, Mark, with the with office so. and, and and home office, and you know, I don't know, working in nature that would be wonderful. Working on a beach. <laughs> oh, working on a beach now. Now we're going in the right direction, Inda. Yeah. <laughs> right, right now I do have uh, I have my the front porch of my, and I, I can see the jealousy. Um, in, 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 in your eyes and, and in other huddle people when yeah. I when I tune into one of our Zoom meetings and I happen to be working from the front porch of my cottage. Yeah. What a view. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Inda, I mean, I, I joke about, you know, working out of my, out of my cottage. Um, um, but, you know, I actually, you know, and I haven't, I haven't raised this with, uh, with the GM of Huddle, Shelley Snodgrass, yet. <laughs> But uh, I did get uh, an internet connection at my cottage this summer so that we were able to work remotely and, and you know, take care of our kids and, uh, and but still, you know, get our jobs done. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any, like, are there any, you know, downsides or things that we have to consider as we kind of like look at this blended future of working from home and working from the office? Yeah, I think Fred made a really good point that I've also had to learn uh, myself uh, working remotely is that some t- because when we work from home, we use our own, you know, power, internet, uh, sometimes our paper, our printer, um, when that's not provided by the company, um, then those costs might fall on the shoulders of employees. And, you know, we have to figure out how, uh, how to navigate that and uh, kind of talk to our employers about, hey, who's gonna, you know, who's gonna take over this cost, who's gonna take care of this. Um, So I think that's something that employers and employees should think about as well, um, about, uh, you know, discussing maybe those, uh, those kind of topics. Right, because I'm obviously it's been something that's been there because we've been doing remote work for a while, but it's really just coming to the forefront now, eh? now that we're moving so many people home and 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 in a lot of cases you know talking about it becoming permanent yeah and for example like providing laptops or providing um i don't know gas when you have to travel to uh the actual office of the company and things like that so those are things that you know if you go to work in an office then um, it's not a lot of things that you think about uh as often i guess Right. But on balance, though, and uh, like, uh, it's probably a good place for us to close here. Are, mm-hmm. are, are you happy with the situation that you're in? Like, what do you see the future of Inda's, uh, you know, work-life balance, Inda's, you know, home office, mm-hmm. uh, you know, real bricks and mortar office um, with other colleagues? Like, how do you see that future for yourself? 
I think um, as long as the team can create a culture of inclusion, like you've mentioned, onboarding people and making them feel like part of a team right away, even though, you know, you don't see them for the first three months or six months until you actually go to the uh, to the physical location um, for a meetup or a meeting or something like that. Um, I think that's the core of why things has worked for me. Um, and then being able to openly communicate that, for example, hey, Mark, today I have a an appointment uh, with Service New Brunswick. Like this morning, uh, literally, I'm just like, Mark, I have to do this at Service New Brunswick. I can do this and this and this for work. I'll make up for it this way. Um, so there's just that open communication and um, trust between everyone in the team that we're all trying to work hard for the vision that um, we want to achieve. So I think that's the core part that's important for me anywhere I go in in a company now. Well, thanks very much for, for chatting with me. And, uh, and, and for those of you, you really should, um, who have uh, tuned in for this uh, great chat that I've had with Inda, uh, you can find uh, her article that she wrote on Huddle's website right now, and it's called How Remote Work Helps This New Brunswicker Build a Global Career from Home. And that applies to Inda, but it also applies to Hillary Smith, uh, who is the, uh, you know, the feature subject, uh, feature interview in this piece. So Inda, I think people are going to really um, get a lot from reading this piece, just like they've got a lot out of uh, listening to this chat that you and I have had. And, uh, you know, on this note, and uh, um, I'm sitting here in, in an office uh, at the Red Rose Tea Building in uptown St. John. I almost said downtown in uptown St. John, and I'm staring at four white walls. <laughs> and it's and when we're recording this, it's a Friday afternoon and it's about 30 degrees and sunny. And uh, I say that by way of uh, I say that because uh, I've got to go because I got to get back to the cottage. Oh, nice. <laughs> you see? Flexibility. <laughs> I, think, I think I want to work the rest of the afternoon out of, out of my cottage on the St. John River. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And are you going to go find a cafe this afternoon, Inda? Uh, I'm actually just working from home. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you back to it, Inda. And thanks very much for talking to me. Thanks so much, Mark. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the latest episode of Huddle Home Office, and I can almost hear Shelley laughing as I suggest that the company pay for my internet connection. The Huddle Home Office is produced by me, Mark Legier, Sharice Letson, and Tyler McLean. And you can uh, subscribe to Home Office on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And you can also uh, read uh, the article that Inda wrote this week, uh, How Remote Work Helps This New Brunswicker Build a Global Career from Home on Huddle's website. And thank you very much for tuning in this week. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. Bye for now.